One of the biggest pieces of pushback that I hear from women when they're starting to learn what it means to eat intuitively and to really dive in to the area of body trust is, Brittany, but I have no idea what my body is even trying to tell me. How in the world am I supposed to start trusting it when I don't even know what all of these body signals mean? That is why today I have invited on my friend and colleague, Charlie Castle. Charlie is a registered dietitian and one of the co-hosts of the Intuitive Eating for Christian Women podcast. And together, she and I are going to be introducing the idea or the topic of interoceptive awareness and body attainment. Now, if you've heard me teach before on body trust, then you know that interoceptive awareness is one of the three key pieces that you need in order to develop body trust. So today, she and I are going to do a deep dive to help you answer the question, what in the world is my body trying to tell me? Welcome to the Joy-Filled Eater Podcast, the show that helps you cultivate a joy-filled relationship with food, your body, and Jesus. My name is Brittany Braswell, and I'm a Christ-centered registered dietitian and eating disorder recovery coach on a mission to help you break free from the bondage of food guilt and body shame so that you can start fueling your physical, mental, and spiritual health all from a place of joy. We'll be spilling the tea on all things diet culture, even in the church. Think of this as your weekly dose of nutrition and body image real talk mixed with biblical encouragement from your Southern bestie. If you love Jesus, are sick of having negative body image, and wish food didn't feel so complicated, then welcome, friend. This show is for you. So grab your coffee, get comfy, and prepare to be challenged. This is the Joyful Eater Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another week of the Joy-Filled Ear Podcast. I am so excited for our special guest today. Y'all know every once in a while I get to bring on a friend or someone that I'm close to, and that is one of our uh, our special guests today is somebody that I have known for a little while now. So, Charlie Castle, I am so excited to have you here on the podcast today. I think we got connected. I feel like it's been at least a couple of years ago. And for those of you who don't know, Charlie co-hosts the Intuitive Eating for Christian Women podcast with Erin Todd, and we've got a special topic we were going to dive in today that I talk about with a lot of my clients, but I thought for the purpose of the podcast, I would bring in somebody who really loves to dive into this area, and I would say you are specialized in it, Charlie. This is like something I know you talk about a ton, so we are going to be diving into the area of like body attunement and interoceptive awareness, which if y'all haven't heard those terms, it's okay. We're going to explain them. It sounds fancy. It sounds complicated. It's really not. Um, So we're going to break it down and try to make it really simple and easy to understand. Um, But before we do that, Shar, for those who don't yet have the pleasure of knowing you, can you just give yourself a little bit of an introduction and tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I am Charlie Castle. Uh, registered dietitian and exercise physiologist. Um, and I have been working with eating disorder recovery, intuitive eating work um, since 2017. Uh, so I have a private practice in Pennsylvania, but see people all over the country. Um, have some online courses and um, raising my two boys on a farm in Pennsylvania. Living uh, it up. It. Um, yeah, it's it's so fun. We we get to hop on a call about every couple weeks or so, and it's always fun to hear like our a couple of our boys are right around the same age and they have so much energy and all like 
I feel like we're just always getting updates on the fun things they're doing. And I have these kind of conversations about interoceptive awareness and body attunement with my five-year-old. So if you're listening, like this is, this is totally applicable to you. If you have kids, family, like anybody who has a body, this conversation is going to be applicable too. So, so Shar, for those who have maybe never heard the term interoceptive awareness or body attunement, let's just get everybody on the same page and just maybe could you really simply just break down, give us a simple explanation of what those terms mean or what they're referring to. Yeah. So I think it sounds really fancy, like you said, but when we really break it down, it's like, oh, okay. I totally Mm -hmm. know what that is. Um, So interoceptive awareness is the awareness of your inner body sensations what's going on inside your body. Um, So this involves like a sensory process of receiving and assessing and appraising your internal body signals. So this is how you know that you're hungry or that you need to pee. I love it. So if if you (laughs) can recognize when your bladder is getting full, then you have some level of interoceptive awareness, right? And so things like that for most people, I know our bodies change as we get older and some of you listening may go, oh, I can't, I don't have as much of that awareness now as I did a few years ago. But one of the big ones we'll dive into today is hunger and fullness. And I think so many people don't realize um, how valuable those are. And they may say, well, well, Brittany or Char, like, I, I don't think I ever really feel hungry or I never seem to feel full. Um, or my favorite, you probably hear this all the time when I ask someone, how do you know when you're hungry? And they say, oh, well, if my stomach's growling, okay, what else? And there's not always this awareness around, well, I don't, I don't know what else. And so if you're listening and you're like, I don't think I have any awareness around hunger or mine are like totally off. They're inconsistent. We'll talk about that a little bit today and maybe why that is, what we can do to start helping you hopefully get a little more consistent and regulated in not only hunger and fullness, but at least being able to recognize what's going on in your body. So um, what would you say, Shar? like what is growing in this area of interoceptive awareness or body attunement? What does that really make possible for somebody who wants to develop more confidence in the way that they nourish their body and maybe the way they move it or just generally caring for their physical health well? Yeah. Well, let me just say we get the message in our culture that our bodies are wrong and can't be trusted, right? Like we can't trust hunger and fullness, just kind of all the things. And so what that does is it kind of teaches us to start ignoring our bodies. And so you might be at a time at a time in life when like you really don't know what your body's telling you. you. You've ignored it for so long that maybe it's not sending hunger signals or fullness signals, or you're just not sure what's what. So doing some work to start tuning in to your body, um, which is, you know, you're starting to work on understanding one another is kind of how I look at that, like that tuning in, like, I'm going to start listening to what you're saying and try to understand you instead of trying to silence Mm. you. Um, That will build up confidence in us. Um, Some experience with truth. 
because our bodies are created mm-hmm. by the creator of the universe with really, really good mm-hmm. systems to tell us how to care for them. So if you work on developing attunement to your body, this relationship of checking in with it and hearing it and responding to it, you're going to be pretty confident in the choices that you're making around your body because you're listening to the systems that the Lord created for you on purpose. So good. I love that you said, and I'm probably going to butcher the way you said it, but like, if you will be curious and listen into it, to what your body's trying to tell you, instead of being afraid of it or assuming that it's wrong or you can't trust it, you open up so much room for growth there and learning how to redevelop that trust with your body if it has been broken somewhere along the way. And so you are not broken if you struggle recognizing things like hunger and fullness. I promise there's a reason why. So maybe Shar for someone who's like, I, I can't trust my body. If I eat food, there's I'm just not gonna stop. I can't trust myself to eat that, I'll go. I'll go crazy or I never really feel hungry. So I just try to make myself eat for someone who feels that way or thinks like something's wrong with me. I'm broken. My body doesn't work or I just can't trust it. Can you maybe give some examples of some reasons why somebody's either signals might be off or maybe just why they're having a hard time recognizing them? Yeah. Um, I talked a little bit about, you know, if your if your body has been saying, hey, I'm hungry, hey, I'm hungry, hey, I'm hungry, and you've ignored it for a really long time um, with restrictive eating or dieting or whatever those things are, eventually those signals will atrophy, um, which is actually this like beautiful grace that God created us with. Because if you're really hungry and don't have access to food, like it's this grace that your body stops asking for it, right? Like to help you kind of cope with that. But in our world where we have this abundance of food, our body doesn't know that we were doing that on purpose. And so you may have lost some of your hunger signals from that, or you might lose kind of fullness signals um, from maybe kind of consistently pushing through that. Um, so one of the things that I, I love to talk about, and I just want to point out here, is that there's, there's no shame coming from me on, on either one of those things, right? It's um, a very common way that we cope with hard things um, in our culture is either by restricting or indulging in food. And when we're not really listening to our body, Uh, And we're kind of, we're not listening to hunger and fullness. We're not paying attention. We're kind of responding to either outside things or responding to kind of like mental, emotional struggles with food. Our body can get a little bit confused, Mm -hmm. right? Or we can get confused about the signals that are being sent. So if you're at a place where it's like, well, I'm never hungry, so I can't trust that or if I start eating, I will eat all the time. I'll be hungry all the time. Um, just know that your body is pretty darn incredible and it can recover from all kinds of things. And so we can do, it's kind of like a, a step before intuitive eating, right? Would be kind of like mechanical mm-hmm. eating where we're 
were maybe eating regularly every few hours and were kind of experimenting with like, okay, what does this feel like in my body? What, how does it feel in my stomach? How does it feel in my chest? How does it feel like just practicing eating and checking in with how we feel? And as we do that consistently and we're, we're practicing this tuning in, we'll start to learn more about what our bodies are telling us. The signals will grow stronger. We'll be more attuned to them. And then we can start really intuitive eating and eating more based on what our body's asking for. So I want to give, I want to point something out that you just said for those listening who I hear this all the time, like, Brittany, I don't understand why intuitive eating is so hard for me. You just mentioned this concept of like, this is kind of like a prequel to intuitive eating, right? You can't be intuitive until you have intuition, right? You have to be able to recognize what's going on in your body before you can really dive into not just trusting your your body or recognizing those signals, but for it to be safe to honor them. Right. If you start trying to honor hunger signals when you rarely get hungry, or if you're trying to honor your fullness and make intuitive eating a hunger and fullness diet where I eat when I'm hungry, I stop when I'm full, and that's the rules, you, put, you might put yourself at significant risk of malnutrition or excessive consumption where you physically don't feel well or blood sugar imbalances or muscular atrophy, all these different physical but also mental or psychological concerns too, where it could further mess up your relationship with food. So we want this, sometimes this mechanical eating, right? Or having this, I had Amy Carlson on a while back and I love the phrase she used. She said, sometimes you just need a sweet little template, you know, for your meals, right? Like sometimes you just need like a little bit of structure or guidance to help your body, like you said, recover, get back on track with, being able to also trust you. I feel like it's like this mutual, mutually beneficial relationship where you can't just, okay, all of a sudden I promise I'm going to feed you or I promise I'm going to, you know, stop restricting or stop binging or purging or whatever the unhealthy disordered behavior might be. It takes time, just like in a relationship, if trust has been broken to rebuild it. And so one of the big questions I get, Sharon, I'd love to kind of hear your perspective on this is, um, well, Brittany, how long is that going to take me? How long is it going to take for me to start feeling hunger and fullness cues more consistently? Or how long will it take me to build that trust back up? Well, how do you typically respond when somebody asks you that kind of question? Oh, my heart's heavy for that yeah. question every time I hear it, because I really want to be able to give an answer. Um, and the answer really is we don't really know because everybody's different. Our bodies are created differently. And, you know, I can say some things like typically if the longer that you have gone not listening and, you know, having disordered relationship with food, then the longer it may take um, to get those signals back. But honestly, it's just everybody is so different. Um, yeah. And you've got to give yourself grace for that process. Come back. Yeah. 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 We want instant gratification and our culture just sells like mm -hmm. everything. If it works, it should happen fast. Yes. Uh, this is a, this is a yes. journey. 
So I love that you mentioned instant gratification because I feel like I'm not going to say I'm famous for it, but I, something I say all the time is, or that I push all the time when it comes to my clients and my students is the concept of patience. Because when I talk about body trust, part of the framework that I teach on how do we cultivate this body trust so that we can develop a greater level of you know, feeding ourselves more intuitively is you've You've got to allow yourself to not seek the instant gratification all the time. You have to exercise patience in giving your body the time and the grace and the space that it needs to heal. And there's usually a huge mental health component to that too, right? Because our body signals might be out of whack, but we also might have some disordered mindset around food that maybe we don't always have a physical hunger, maybe we have an emotional hunger and we have a hard time separating the two. And so that's, I know that's a bit of another conversation probably for a different day, but for someone maybe who is working towards recognizing, you know, growing in their level, growing in their ability to discern what their body is telling them. um, Can you maybe give some examples or give somebody some strategy or direction on how can they start telling if they're if they're getting more in tune with their body, with those God-given signals that they were born with? How what are some things that they can look for maybe to help them know, okay, I'm starting to grow more aware in this area, or my body's starting maybe to get more consistent and maybe even outside of just hunger or fullness. Yeah, yeah. I think that if you if you just start purposely setting your attention on your body for a little bit of time if you if you can consistently even just once a day take a few minutes to sit down in a chair and close your eyes and breathe and even just walk through your body like what do my toes feel like what do my feet feel like just kind of walking through the different parts of your body and, and what do they feel like? Are they, are they cold? Are they warm? Are they tense? Are they relaxed? Like just what are those things? If you build up that practice of listening then it's like you, it's like you, you build up this relationship and this knowledge of what's going on in your body. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm thinking of like, the relationship that I have with my husband, I can tell the, his mood, what he needs, what's going like the second he walks mm-hmm. in the door from work. And so when you build up this attunement to your body and this relationship with your body of checking in on it on purpose, then you're going to start to notice when something's different, right? Like, oh, this is what my shoulders typically feel like. And I'm noticing that they're really tight. Mm-hmm. What's that about? Um, So I think that you'll notice you start to have this awareness. It just comes from a regular check-in because you'll start to notice that something's different. So something you did right there, Char, that I I hope people picked up on it. So I'm going to repeat it just in case. When you mentioned that and you said, you know, oh, my shoulders are tight. Your first response was not, they shouldn't be that way. What's wrong with me? It wasn't judgment. It was curiosity. You said, why, what, what might be causing that or what, what could be contributing to that? And I think that's where so many people start backing away from like, they go, well, this isn't safe. Something's wrong because 
instead of curiosity, it goes straight to judgment on what's wrong or why that should not be happening. I've been using the word should so much. I feel like in podcast conversations lately and telling people, you got to let go of that word. Um, so what would you, how would you maybe encourage someone who they're like, well, that's just my default. I'm just, I'm just naturally that way. Or I just have a tendency to like assign everything, you know, a good or bad kind of label. What are some ways maybe you would encourage someone to grow in curiosity versus judgment? Yeah, I think something that has been helpful for a lot of people that I've worked with is just kind of recognizing that admitting, proclaiming that your body's good because God said it was good. And all these things that our bodies do to tell us what's going on are a gift. Really. So, you know, something I'm thinking about, like if I talk about the tight shoulders, in a time that I wasn't super attuned to my body, I wouldn't notice the tight shoulders. What I would notice is like the crippling tension Mm -hmm. headache. And then I would be like, what is going on? What happened here? What is, you know, what is going on? And from starting to like pay attention to my body and build some attunement, Now I can just start to notice some tension in my shoulders and I can say, oh, I'm noticing some tension in my shoulders. What's that about? Mm -hmm. Curiosity. What's that about? And it took some time to start to notice like, oh, I start to really tighten up there if I'm feeling anxious or whatever those things are. And so now it's like, I'm not saying like, oh man, I shouldn't be so anxious. I shouldn't have this tightness. Like, oh, like, thank you, body for alerting me to the fact that I was starting to get stressed out about this Mm -hmm. project. Now I can do something to relax. Now I can do something to, so I just think about, I actually had a doctor once that was like, Charlie, your body is so expressive. (laughs) (laughs) Like your body tells you all of these things, like mental, emotional things, all these different things. And you can cultivate Mm -hmm. that. And it really helps us cope with life. It's so good. It's so, so good. Um, it makes me think of like, I get questions a lot of times around this. I'm like, Brittany, it just feels safer to not lean in and trust my body. But there's a lot of consequences that come up when that happens. And um, I'm going to tell a little story to give an example on this, because most of the time when I say like, well, there's consequences for not really recognizing what's going on in your body. The first thing people are like, well, It's unfamiliar, so I don't see any negative consequences from it other than I'm stressed. Well, my husband and I really enjoy the Marvel movies and series and things, and we have recently gotten into um, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and it's a TV series, and I think it aired, I don't know, probably several years ago because they have, we watch it on Disney+. Plus. And so we've just gotten into these episodes and an episode we were watching earlier this week, there was a man who had been injured um, in this fight and somebody was talking to him and he was essentially trying to distract him, this guy that was hurt. And he was like, what are you doing? And he said, um, he was talking about how his leg didn't really hurt and it was, it had been significantly hurt and he couldn't feel it. And the guy talking to him was, was like, the most, the most dangerous things that happen to our bodies are usually the things we can't feel. And he was bracing him because they were about to put his leg back the way it needed to be. It had like popped out of socket, 
I won't give any more details than that. Um, and so there was some pain when it was reset, but had it stayed where it was, where he couldn't feel anything, he would have ended up with an amputation because he would have had in like his blood flow would have been inadequate. If he had gotten hurt and he had nerve damage, he would have never known. And so there's all these things that granted that wasn't a TV show, but our, our bodies do the same thing, right? If we have nerve damage, if we have something that happens that even if it's not a physiological something, if we're just so out of tune and we don't recognize, Hey, I've got this thing going on with my gut or have this headache or have something going on and we ignore it or try to disconnect, pull back from our body as much as possible. Those things can build into problems. They can become health issues later or additional sources of stress. So in your experience, Char, whether it's been with clients or in any other capacity, what do you feel like are some of the maybe both physical and mental like potential risks or consequences of what happens when we're not in tune with what our bodies are trying to tell us when we just try to stay disconnected from them. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think that you're right. Like eventually our bodies get loud enough um, that we hear it and there's some level of expression. And I, I truly, truly believe that, Um, you know, I just want to share a little bit of my story with that um because i was you know i was someone that experienced some trauma and decided to cope with that with like some severe white knuckling like just ignore it and plow through and um you know eventually i got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and like was breaking out in hives that nobody could explain why. And um, I, I was, you know, at that time doing multiple workouts a day and having an eating disorder and so many things that I was just, I mean, my body was telling me all kinds of stuff that I was just ignoring or tuning out until it got to the point where my body actually like physically shut down so that I couldn't keep doing the things that were hurting it. Um, so I think that we just, we run the risk, right, of not catching things early and then a plethora of things happening. But that being said, I I want to encourage the person. You, you mentioned the person that says like, oh gosh, tuning into my body is not safe. Um, that's real, that that can be very scary and overwhelming and not feel safe, especially if you have a trauma background or just the trauma around an eating disorder. Um, and so one of the ways that you can start to cultivate this, even if you're not ready to start tuning into your body is to start tuning into things around you or in the present moment. So if it feels really unsafe to notice how your toes feel or how your shoulders feel or how your body's feeling and you can't get there, that's okay. I've worked with lots of people that can't go right there. And so can you like look out a window and watch the wind blow? 
and notice what that's like. Can you notice like a spider crawling somewhere? Like if it's hard for you to tune inside your body, I want you to tune into what you see or smell or feel. What does it feel like for the wind to pass by? Um, that's a way to start just cultivating that, like being present and noticing something. And, you know, you can, starting with eyes is a really easy one. I can, I can talk about what I see. I can really notice what I see. Um, and then like, if you want to bring that towards your body, but maybe not inside your body, like what can you feel? Notice what you can feel with your hands or what the wind feels like on your skin. Um, so just some encouragement to someone that like, that does not feel safe. You can start cultivating this. It's such good encouragement. And I, I've had the opportunity to see that firsthand to practice that with clients. Um, when I worked in the treatment center setting, we would have twice a week, we would go on once on a meal outing and once on a snack outing. And I regularly had to walk clients through something similar where they were just getting grounded to the area because it didn't, it wasn't their normal environment. They didn't feel safe necessarily eating in a new place. And so I think that exercise, you kind of just walk people through Char, just like starting with your senses. Eyesight is usually the easiest one to start with, to look around and go, what, what can I get into with? And I think that also gives the opportunity for you to build confidence in knowing you have the ability to recognize things, right? You're not totally incapable of that. And one of the, one of the big barriers that comes up, not just with interoceptive awareness and hunger, but with the, the entire food freedom and body image process so often is this lack of faith and hope that it's possible or that you're capable of it. And so when you can start building those little wins on going, like I can feel, I can feel like underneath my bottom or my legs, like sitting on the chair, or I can feel my feet on the floor, or I can feel the fork or the napkin or the table with my hands. Like that's not within my body, but it's a sensory perception I do have. And I love that giving, giving everybody a place to start. So, so let's say we've got someone who's maybe they've done that for a couple minutes and they're getting ready to eat. Maybe Maybe it's a fear food. Maybe it's a food that has previously caused them some anxiety, or maybe they're just getting ready. Like they're trying to calm their body physically before going into a meal. And they're trying to recognize to what degree am I hungry? Not just am I or am I not? Because black and white doesn't work so great with hunger usually, right? We might have an initial thought of like, yes, I am, or no, I'm not. But for someone who says like, let me really figure out like, how hungry am I? How maybe empty is my stomach? Or what am I recognizing to help me know if I'm hungry or not? I mentioned the example before, like most people can at to some degree tell, is your stomach maybe empty? Or maybe you have no idea how hungry you are, but then you all of a sudden hear your stomach growl. And maybe that's like your red flag on, okay, I guess I'm hungry. Can you walk us through maybe a little bit of just like practical application, um, body scan, maybe type activity, kind of the change in earlier, but for someone who wants to direct that specifically towards starting by identifying hunger or lack thereof, what would be some other things I could pay attention to or tune into, maybe have that hyper-awareness for a short amount of time, where would be some places that they could focus or things that they could look for that might indicate hunger? Yeah. Um, so I would say often... Um, the first sign of hunger 
could be just thinking about food. So if you, you know, if that was like a scheduled planned snack, um, maybe you thought about it, maybe you didn't. But if you had the thought of like, ooh, that sounds good. I'm going to go get that for myself. Uh, that was a sign of hunger. Just noticing that you're thinking about food. Um, another thing could be like really enjoying the smell of it. Um, or noticing your mouth. Um, does your mouth salivate at all when you think about the food? Um, how does your throat feel? Uh, does, does your throat feel relaxed? Does it feel tight? What does that feel like? Um, of course the stomach, but you know, I, it's often some stomach growling is like, you're probably pretty hungry. Um, it might just be like that your stomach doesn't feel full. Right. Like it just even like my stomach feeling kind of neutral um, could be some hunger. What are some other things, Brittany? Well, I'll, I won't say for everybody. I know everybody's body is different. Uh, I know for me, my mood starts changing. I, I have a hard time focusing sometimes. I can tell like I'm not getting all my thoughts together as quickly as I normally do. But then my attitude, like I'll start getting shorter responses to people or things that I would normally kind of brush off, start irritating me. Um, and yes, hunger is not the only sign of that, right? But, but I can pretty consistently tell, okay, I'm, I'm starting to get more irritable than normal when, and again, that's where we don't go. I shouldn't be overreacting like that. Like what's wrong with me? But maybe the question is, well, when was the last time I I ate? Or what else, is there anything else going on in my body right now that those signals all together might correlate and go, this is kind of pointing towards hunger. So that's kind of, that's one of the, not super earliest signs for me, but like if I'm really focused on a work project or something, I might not notice some of the the stomach hunger type thing building until I, and until I start going, Oh, I'm not getting my thought together. Or I just had to read that thing, that same sentence three or four times. And so sometimes those pop up for me too. So I think it's helpful not just to look for like, what are those signals, but for you, what order do they show up in? That helps me to know like how hungry might I be? Do you notice that for you, Shar? Or do you have a way that for someone who's like, I am, just barely learning what it means to experience and allow myself to feel hunger and fullness. Are there any things that you, any consistent practices that you would encourage or discourage for someone who says, I want to start building some more of that consistency with rebuilding hunger and fullness cues? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that if you've been restricting frequently eating, like eating, at regular intervals is one of the best things you can do to um, get hunger coming back. And then to notice it, um, it's just being intentional about checking in um, for it. So like you were talking, Brittany, if you're really engrossed in a project, you might not notice some of the hunger signals. And so if you're really trying to cultivate that, um, 
maybe you do something to remind you to check in every two, three, four hours while you're working on something. Um, It's just, it's creating the space to be intentional Mm -hmm. about checking in with how your body feels and then remaining neutral, Mm -hmm. right? Like um, really thinking about um, that you're, kind of like a researcher looking at this body that is full of wisdom and you just want to like take in all the things it gives you and just note them down and collect data and see what you can figure out. Um, But not attaching your character Mm. or your identity or your worth to the signals of your body. So, so important. So valuable. That could be a whole nother conversation in and of itself. I did have, I did do an episode with Brittany Bauer on identity a little while back. So you guys can check that out. Um, But yeah, again, coming at this with curiosity, not judgment. Um, One of the kind of, uh, they call them like the the healthier voices or like the intuitive eating voices um, in the book, in the intuitive eating book is the food anthropologist. And my clients always laugh because I always say how much that's my favorite because I love, I love the show bones. And it's like this kind of murder mystery. They're trying to, to solve like who killed this person that is other, you know, difficult to identify. And, and so the main character is a forensic anthropologist and she reminds me of this part of the process so much. I'm like, not a lack of emotion or lack of care, but it's just, I'm looking for the facts I'm observing and I'm noting what's there. I'm not making any rash judgments about it. I'm not jumping to a conclusion. I'm not shaming. I'm not guilt tripping. I'm just gathering data and trying to start understanding it. And I think the way that kind of you've walked through and explained that, Char, I feel like it's such, it's something that is not talked about enough that we do need to listen to our bodies. And at the same time, on the flip side things, we can't only, this is my perspective, we can't only listen to our bodies and that be the only factor in decision-making, right? We hit on that a little bit with like, we can't just go on hunger or fullness to eat. Um, And that could again lead into another conversation on right now at the time of this recording, we're in the middle of a gentle nutrition episode and we're talking about the difference in listening to your body and taking that into consideration while also using you know, some wisdom and looking at things like your schedule and your capacity to like when you can eat and what you have access to and how to care for your body in a gentle way. And so I know there are a lot of aspects to this. So for those of you that are listening, we're not trying to go from start to finish today. We're not even trying to go from point A to point C. We just want the one step. So Shar, if you could give somebody like one practice or one recommendation to take away, like something that you would challenge them to implement after listening to our conversation today, what would, what would you encourage them to work on? Yeah, I think it's the, at least like choosing one time a day to sit down and check in with their body. So when is that doable for you? Is it right before bed? Is it right when you wake up? Is it sitting down for a meal? Just what is it, but taking even 30 seconds to just sit down and close your eyes and you can pick one part of your body, you can go through your whole body, but just curiously checking in with like, how does that feel? What does it feel like in my body? 
What does it feel like? What does my big toe feel like? Um, just whatever that is. I think just being intentional about that practice, um, committing to that 30 seconds. Um, and I have to share, I have to share this because, um, attunement is like this relationship, right? We're in tune with our body. We have this relationship and like, we understand each other. We're in agree in agreement with each other. And, um, it's such a, it's, it's beautiful example of relationship and Jesus had this relationship with his body. We see it uh, in the gospels. The story is told in multiple gospels, um, but specifically in Mark five, when Jesus is walking through the crowd, there's people all around him bumping into him And the woman that had been bleeding for years and years and years reaches out and touches his clothing and is healed. And Jesus stops and says, I felt power go out of me. And the disciples are like, you know, like I felt who touched me. He says, who touched me? And the disciples are like, what are you talking about? Everybody's touching you. But he noticed his body release that power like that's attunement i just i love that example yeah jesus had the god had the experience of being in a human body and being Mm -hmm. attuned to it i i love being able to see from scripture like look at scripture and take from it rather than let me find scripture to coincide with what i think the answer should be And I even love that God created Adam's body before Adam was in it, right? Like he, he made his body and then he breathed life into him. And I think that just shows like how valuable, I mean, like he took such care and intention and he's a God of order. And so he doesn't do things by accident. He didn't go, I want this other, you know, sort of spirit kind of being right with me. He created a body first And so I think that just gives this layer of like, it's valuable. It's important. It was done with intention and we can trust that he made it to, to be able to be trusted. Yes. Things happen to get us away from that, but it's possible to get back to it. So I have really enjoyed this conversation today. I feel like it's been super valuable for, for listeners and for me. Um, So sharp or anyone who says like, I want to learn more or um, how can I connect with you? Tell everybody where they can find you or learn more about, you know, what you do or maybe even how to get more in tune with your body if they there's a next step they want to take in that area. Yeah. So we have a lot. Okay. So I'm not really on social media. Don't go looking <laughs> for me there. Um, but you can find me at charliecastle.com um, or intuitiveeatingforchristianwomen.com. Um, we have a community membership through the podcast, um, that you can join for a dollar for your first month where we have weekly calls and tons of content. Um, and then through the membership, I do also offer, um, an intuitive eating course, the attunement reset, um, which is all about getting reattuned to the Holy spirit and to your body. 
that would be a great next step for someone who says like, okay, I'm starting to get back into things, but I feel like I need a little more education or a little more refining or a little more help with that intentionality side of things. So um, thank you guys, everybody for listening in today. Thank you so much for being with us here today, Charlie. Um, this again, I feel like our conversation today could have gone in so many different directions. I probably should have been right. We need an episode on this. Now we need an episode on this. So if y'all are listening in and you have some other questions, um, you can touch base with Char and tie the member inside their membership. Shoot me a DM on Instagram. Um, and I can touch base with Char on it too, or get back to you. And I always love hearing y'all's ideas for episodes. So if something sparked and you're like, I'd love to hear more about that, let us know. Um, but otherwise, thank you everyone for being here with us today. I don't take it for granted for one minute that you chose to spend some time here when you could have been listening elsewhere. So thank you again. And until next time, friends, may you be filled with joy and abound in Do you feel encouraged or inspired to take your next steps toward food and body freedom after listening to today's episode? If so, would you take 30 seconds to leave the show a rating and review on Apple Podcasts? It's the absolute best way to support the show and share what you're loving about it so that we can continue to spread the word and serve you with even more incredible topics and special guests. If you want even more free support on your food freedom and body image journey, then make sure you get on our VIP list right now. As a VIP insider, you'll get bonus podcast content from me every Tuesday to help you press forward on your food freedom journey, and you'll have the opportunity to submit requests for the topics and guests you want to hear from on the show. To get on that list right now, just head to brittanybraswellrd.com slash VIP or find the link in today's show notes. And lastly, if you're tired of trying to Google your way to better body image or food freedom, I have something for you. We have a course suite that can help you take your next steps. So whether you're looking for a Christ-centered approach to overcoming disordered eating, wanting to improve your body image without all the worldly affirmations and self-esteem mess, or you just need a little guidance to boost the nutritional value of your meals and snacks at home, I've got you covered, friend. Head to brittanybraswellrd.com DIY to check out our signature courses and find the one that best fits what you need right now. Thanks again for spending your time with me today. I'll see you next time on the Joyful Eater Podcast.